previously in Dark Places. The Mothman's kind of a paradox. People don't know whether he's a uh, flesh and blood or some kind of an apparition, so I, maybe he falls through the cracks. Welcome to another episode of In Dark Places, broadcast from a secret location hidden somewhere in the Appalachian Mountains. I'm your announcer, Mr. Haunted. If you want to be on the show and tell your true story, send us an email to indarkplacespod at hotmail.com. That's indarkplacespod at hotmail.com. So stay tuned for another episode with your host, Junebug. Welcome to In Dark Places, the podcast that says yes, yes, yes. This is the second week of Month of Mothman. Glad you could join us. This week I'll be talking about some of the early days of the Mothman. But first, here's some news from the unknown. Well, we all saw this one coming. The 2021 Mothman Festival has been canceled for the second year in a row. And I will still be going to Point Pleasant on September 18th. After several meetings with local public health and city officials, the Mothman Festival team is saddened to announce that we will be canceling the 2021 Mothman Festival. We realize that some might not understand or realize that we're already in a vulnerable position with the festival crowd outnumbering our town by thousands. We operate with a small number of staff to handle that great of a load. Many are personal, family, and close friends. Local hospitalizations and active COVID cases are rising daily, and according to local public health officials, are not expected to peak until right around Mothman Festival time. We are disappointed, but it was not an easy decision to make. We can assure you of that. We cannot, in good conscience, jeopardize the health of our families, your families, or any family that calls Mason County, West Virginia home. We appreciate you guys, and we hope that we'll see you again when things are more manageable and safe, which at this point will be never. Also note, if you have purchased tickets for the bus tours, your money will be refunded, and all of our vendors have been emailed prior to this notice. Here's hoping to a better 2022. But yeah, this uh, this thing's never going away. And like I've said in past episodes, I'm going to keep living my life. I don't know about you guys. There's no point in living under a rock the rest of your life. We're all going to go when the good Lord tells us it's time. Mothman sighting at the Wisconsin State Fair. A large winged creature was witnessed by staff at the Wisconsin State Fair following the Skillet concert on August 7th, 2021. According to a report posted on the UFO clearinghouse blog. The two witnesses were cleaning up the main stage area after the concert when one of them spotted the creature and shouted, What the is that? I looked up and there about 30 feet in front of us toward the parking lot was what looked like a very tall being, but it wasn't like any person I've ever seen before, the witness who reported the incident said. It was about 7 feet tall and thin but still looked very solid. It was coal black. 
and it had two glowing yellow eyes, and it had wings. Literal wings that must have stretched out twelve feet from tip to tip, coming out of its back. The thing looked like a literal demon from the depths of hell, and appeared to be staring directly at the stage where there were still people breaking down the equipment from the earlier concert. The entity took a few unsteady steps toward the stage, and then it turned its head to look directly at the two witnesses. The air felt like it was drained straight out of my lungs, and I felt an overwhelming sense of terror. Not fear, but absolute terror. Like my life was going to end right then and there, and this thing was going to snatch my soul. And drag it down to hell, the witness said. <laughs> it then flapped its wings rapidly a couple of times, almost like it was stretching them out. And it took off into the air, and it was gone. It was swallowed up by the night, and was done in a matter of a few milliseconds. In recent years, there have been numerous sightings of a large winged humanoid creature, or creatures in areas near the Lake Michigan shoreline. The Lake Michigan Mothman, as it has been dubbed, has most likely been seen in areas around Chicago, though there have been reports of sightings further north in Wisconsin. This may be the first sighting of such a creature in Milwaukee. I'm confident that what I saw was real and it stuck in my head all night long. The witness said. My partner looked like he had seen the devil himself. He said it had scared him and he was going to stick toward the well-lit areas for the rest of the night. The Mothman is a bipedal winged humanoid creature. He's half man, half monster. It's been reported to stand about six or seven feet tall with a wingspan of about 10 to 15 feet. He kind of varies from gray to brown in description according to who you're talking to, but they all agree that he has large, bright red glowing eyes. Some people believe that the Mothman is a result of a curse placed on the town of Point Pleasant by Chief Cornstalk, a Shawnee leader during the Battle of Point Pleasant. The battle was fought on October 10th, 1774, between the Shawnee and the Mingo warriors. Chief Cornstalk thought that he was going to sign a peace agreement, but the generals ended up capturing him, and he was murdered while he was in jail. Some people believe that he cursed the land on Point Pleasant, and that the Mothman is just a consequence of that curse. During World War II, there were some igloo-type Structures built out of concrete to hold TNT and ammunition during World War II. And it was operational for four to five years. It was very well hidden on the outskirts of Point Pleasant. And covered with trees and grass and stuff. And you couldn't see it from the air. So it made a good hiding place for all that ammunition during World War II. After the war, the igloos were leased to store chemicals to several different companies in the area. These chemicals oozed out into the ground. The EPA came in and removed the topsoil from the area, but it's hard to tell what was underneath. So 
There are some people that believe that the Mothman is a result of those leaked chemicals that went into the ground. It's just some weird mutation. The Mothman has his origins back in the 1940s when he was called Birdman. But this week we'll be looking more at his 1960s heyday when he was large and in charge in Point Pleasant and the surrounding areas. In August of 1966, Lawrence Gray was coming home from church when he got a strange sense that something was in his house as he approached the steps around 9.30 p.m. He lived in a small white house on Jefferson Avenue across from Wesleyan Church. As he entered his house, the feeling of dread grew stronger, but he didn't find anything when he searched around other than a hook-style lock on his basement door being unlatched. Lawrence and his wife went to sleep around 10.30 or 11. At about 3 a.m., he found himself awake, looking out the window by his bedside, as a car pulled into the nearby church, and the bright streetlight illuminated the road below. Lawrence turned his head to see a six-foot-tall glowing figure with deep eyes and large wings, standing with its shoulders arched and its head tilted. The figure was described as being lunar, in coloration, meaning a dirty gray and white like the surface of the moon. When Lawrence saw the being, he was paralyzed and couldn't move or make noise. He was convinced that it was the devil. Lawrence said that when he focused on Bible verses, the creature vanished. The encounter with the being was only about 45 seconds. And then on November 1st, 1966... A National Guardsman at the armory near Camp Colony Road in Point Pleasant claimed to have seen a large brown humanoid figure perched on the limb of a tree. On November 12, 1966, Kenneth Duncan of Blue Creek, West Virginia, and four other men were reportedly digging a grave for his father-in-law, Homer Smith, in Reamer Hill Cemetery near Clendenin, West Virginia. He claimed to see a man-like figure that flew out some nearby trees and glided low over their heads. The other men did not see the creature before it flew away, but Kenneth said that the brown creature was in sight for about a minute and that it didn't look like any kind of bird, but it seemed to be humanoid, like a man with wings. On November 14th, at about 10.30 p.m., a contractor named Merle Partridge was watching TV in his home in Salem, West Virginia, when suddenly the TV blew out. He went out looking for his dog Bandit on the porch, and it was howling toward the hay barn. Bandit was acting strange as if he saw something. Partridge walked out onto the porch, and he saw red circular intermittent lights that were moving around and rotating in the distance. He aimed his flashlight at them, and the lights seemed to be like bicycle reflectors. The dog ran off toward the field and never returned. The following day, when he went out looking for his dog at the approximate position where the red lights had been seen. He found dog tracks going around in a circle, but not leading off anywhere. He searched for Bandit for a long time following the experience, but never found him. Merle thought that the strange noise from his TV and the lights he saw in the field and the disappearance of his dog were all related. He said that Bandit was a well-trained dog and he would have returned back to him otherwise. Merle reported to see red reflective lights, which were interpreted by newspapers and investigators to be eyes. However, in interviews in the 2000s, Merle clarified that what he saw that night were several intermittent rotating red lights, not eyes. All of those reports kind of just kept building, and they were kind of minor reports. 
the most famous sighting was on November 16, 1966, from the Point Pleasant Register. Couple see man-sized bird creature something. It was a bird or something. It definitely wasn't a flying saucer. Two Point Pleasant couples said today they encountered a man-sized bird-like creature in the TNT area about midnight last night. Sheriff's deputies and city police went to the scene at about 2 o'clock this morning but were unable to spot anything. But two young men telling their story this morning were dead serious and asserted they hadn't been drinking. Steve Mallett of 3305 Jackson Avenue and Roger Scarberry of 809 30th Street described the thing as being about 6 or 7 feet tall, having a wingspan of 10 feet and red eyes about 2 inches in diameter and 6 inches apart. It was like a man with wings, Mallet said. It wasn't like anything you'd seen on TV or in a monster movie. The men and their wives were in Scarberry's car between 11.30 and midnight when they spotted the creature near the old power plant adjacent to the old National Guard Armory buildings. The creature was seen standing on three occasions and was described as being extremely fast. It flew about 100 miles an hour in flight, but it was a clumsy runner. Deputy Millard Halstead said he had seen dust in the vicinity of a coal field, but it could have been caused by the bird, he said. I'm a hard guy to scare, Scarberry said, but last night I was getting out of there. They did just that, but the thing followed them. They said it was hovering over the car, apparently gliding, until they reached the National Guard Armory on Route 62. We went downtown, turned around, and went back, and there it was again, Mallet said. It seemed to be waiting on us. He said the light gray creature then scurried through a field. It also had flown across the top of the car. It apparently is afraid of light, Mallet reasoned. And maybe it thought it was scaring us off. The young men said they saw the creature's eyes, which glowed red, only when their lights shined on it. And it seemed to want to get away from the lights. It said it looked like a man with wings, but that its head was not an outstanding characteristic. Both were slightly pale and tired from lack of sleep during the night, following their howling experience. They speculated that the thing was living in the vacant power plant, Possibly in one of the huge boilers. There are pigeons in all the other buildings, Mallet said, but not in that one. If I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything, Scarberry commented. But there were four of us who saw it. They said it didn't resemble a bat in any way, but maybe what you would visualize as an angel. The last time they saw it was at the gate of the C.C. Lewis farm on Route 62. They heard a sound like wings flapping, and they said... The bird rose straight up like a helicopter. This doesn't have an explanation to it, Mallet said. It was an animal, but nothing like I've seen before. Are they going back to look for the creature? Yes, Mallet said. This afternoon and again tonight. Today, Scarberry said. But tonight, I don't know. So then the very next day, on the night of Wednesday, November 16th, 1966, 21-year-old Marcella Bennett and her two-year-old daughter, Tina, her 19-year-old brother, Raymond Wamsley, and his 18-year-old wife, Kathy Wamsley, went to visit their relatives. Raymond and Marcella's sister, Virginia Thomas, lived within the TNT area with her husband, Ralph Thomas. 
who served as the superintendent of the Trojan U.S. operations in the area. When the group arrived at the residence, they found that the only ones home at the time were the Thomas children, 15-year-old Ricky and his two sisters, Vicky and Connie. After exchanging a few words, the Bennetts and Wamsleys headed back to their car. It was about 9 p.m. at this time. That's when they spotted some strange lights in the sky hovering above the trees. Raymond stopped at the bottom of the steps and tried to get Marcel's attention. She ignored him and began walking to the car, carrying her daughter. She said she saw the creature out of the corner of her eye as she was unlocking the car door, set up from behind her parked vehicle. She first saw men's legs, which looked to be covered with gray feathers. It had wings drawn in toward the body, and its head was tilted sideways and sunken into the shoulder area. Marcella described the creature as being six feet tall, like a giant bird, but yet also a man. Raymond and his wife, Kathy, were both very frightened and kept yelling for Marcella to run, but she was paralyzed with fear. When Marcella finally managed to turn around, she took only a few steps toward the house before falling to the ground in a state of shock on top of her daughter. She was unable to get up as if in a trance. Marcella heard the flapping of wings as she was trying to run. After pulling herself together, she picked up her child and ran into the house. The family locked themselves inside. Marcella's hands and knees were badly scraped and bruised. She had been burned from her lit cigarette, and the side of her face was bleeding from where she had fallen. The children inside were all screaming and crying in panic. Raymond Wamsley frantically phoned the sheriff's department. By this time, Marcella was lying on the sofa and could hear him telling them to get to the TNT area because they'd seen the monster. He said they were locked in the house, but that it was still outside. The bird creature is said to have shuffled onto the porch, pushed on the door, and peered into the windows. It took the police about 15 to 20 minutes to arrive at the house, but the creature was gone by the time they got there. They came with guns drawn and searched all around the property. The front yard was soon full of police cars and curious people. Raymond talked to the police and filled out a report. The next day, on November 17, 1966, a teenage boy driving on Route 7 near Cheshire, Ohio, reported seeing a gray man-shaped bird creature with red eyes and a 10-feet wingspan. The creature pursued the automobile for about a mile. On November 18, 1966, Point Pleasant volunteer fireman Benjamin Enochs and Captain Paul Yotter supposedly sighted a huge bird-like creature with large red eyes while in the TNT area, unlike anything they'd seen before. On November 20th, 1966, a couple told a Charleston patrolman they'd sighted a large bird near Ferry Branch, West Virginia. Also on November 20th, 1966, Howard Miller reported seeing a four-foot-tall bird with red half-moons under the eyes, which landed on a school bus shelter in Dixie in Nicholas County, West Virginia. Also on November 20th, it was a busy day for Mothman. Brenda Jones of Point Lick and four other teenagers driving along Campbell's Creek, West Virginia, saw a man-sized bird creature standing beside a rock quarry by view of their car's headlights. It turned and ran into the woods. On November 21st, at 10.15 p.m., Richard West phoned Charleston police and talked with patrolman D.L. Tucker. He reported that a six-foot-tall man with red eyes and a six-to-eight-feet wingspan 
was standing on a roof near his home. West said that it flew like a helicopter straight up into the air. On November 24th, two adults and two children saw a giant red-eyed flying creature in Point Pleasant. On the morning of November 25th, 1966, at 7.15 a.m., shoe salesman Thomas Yuri of Point Pleasant was driving north along Route 62 on his way to work at the Kinney store in Clarksburg, West Virginia. He saw something flying upward over the trees along the Ohio River on his left. At first he thought it was a helicopter. When it began circling over his car, he saw that it was a very large bird, unlike anything he'd seen before. He said that the abnormally sized bird had an estimated wingspan of 10 to 12 feet and was flying about two or three telephone poles high. It was able to keep up with his car even when he was going about 75 miles per hour. He stared at the bird apprehensively through the windshield, waiting for it to swoop down. The bird made about four passes over the car before disappearing back below the trees by the riverbank as Yuri drove past the Kirkland Memorial Cemetery. Sometime in November of 1966, on the week of the 20th to the 26th, 23-year-old George Wolfe Jr., Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, was hunting when he saw a seven-foot gray-colored ostrich-like bird about 50 feet away in a cornfield. It zigzagged sideways to the trees. The bird had a round body, long neck, and a tall plumed tail. George said his dog, old Ringo, ran after it, let out a howl, and returned whimpering. On the evening of November 26, 1966, Mrs. Ruth Foster reported seeing a large bird creature about six feet tall with big red eyes popping out of his beakless face. The creature appeared on her front lawn beside the porch in St. Albans, West Virginia. She screamed and ran back inside. Her brother-in-law went outside to look for it, but it had disappeared. On November 26, 1966, Marvin Schock and his two children, Marlene and Philip, witnessed four giant five-feet-tall gray and brown birds with ten feet wings and a reddish cast to their heads in Lowell, Ohio, near Cat Creek. They first noticed the strange man-sized birds moving around in a tree. When they walked over closer, about a hundred yards away, the birds flew up the ridge. The group followed the creatures by car and saw them about 200 yards from the home of Ewing Tilton, near the edge of the woods. Ewing Tilton also claimed to witness the creatures and agreed on the sizing. The oversized birds were reported to have dark brown backs with light flecks, gray breast coloration, and straight beaks about five to six inches long. The birds kept their distance from the witnesses the whole time and were in view for about two hours overall before eventually flying out of sight. On November 27, 1966, 18-year-old Connie Carpenter was driving home along Route 33 at 10.30 a.m. past the Old Mason County Golf Course outside of New Haven, West Virginia, when she saw a large, gray, seven-foot-tall, man-like creature with glowing red, hypnotic eyes, which caused her to almost run her car off the road. Ten feet wings unfolded from the creature's back, and it rose straight up into the air, and then headed toward Connie's windshield. She accelerated forward. The creature flew over the top of her car, and Connie raced home. She developed conjunctivitis for over two weeks afterwards, supposedly caused by staring into the creature's glowing red eyes.
Connie was the niece of the local newspaper reporter, Mary Heyer. And she had a few other strange experiences following her sightings. We'll be talking about her Man in Black encounter next week on the show. On the evening of November 27, 1966, 13-year-old Sheila Kane and her younger sister were walking home from the store in St. Albans, West Virginia, when they saw a large, seven-feet gray and white creature with big red eyes standing next to the local junkyard. Sheila screamed and they ran away. The creature flew up into the air and pursued them along Route 60. They ran into a neighbor's house who confirmed their sighting. This episode of In Dark Places is sponsored by Wrangler Jeans. It's the same as ever, even before the first pair of Wrangler Jeans were made in 1947. Our history runs parallel to the rise of the country. Our jeans worn by the same people who built it. Visit Wrangler.com for locations near you. Thank you, Jimmy. On a chilly evening in November of 1966, Bob Bosworth and his friend Alan Coates were riding around on Alan's motorcycle. They headed to the TNT area along Camp Conley Road. When they arrived at the abandoned North Power Plant, they saw what appeared to be two red eyes looking at them from the roof of the old building. They thought perhaps someone had nailed some reflectors to a board. Two men tried to turn and lift the front of the motorcycle at the roof, but it was too heavy. They decided to go up into the building to check it out. As they entered, the red lights seemed to turn and watch them. Moonlight illuminated much of the power plant's interior through the large industrial-sized windows. They thought perhaps someone had nailed some reflectors to a board. Two men tried to turn and lift the front of the motorcycle to shine its headlight at the roof, but it was too heavy. They decided to go up into the building to check it out. As they entered, the red lights seemed to turn and watch them. Moonlight illuminated much of the power plant's interior through the large industrial-sized windows. Within the shadowed back section of the building, a large six-foot, six-inch to seven-feet-tall creature walked forward stepping across the broken glass and covered flooring. The figure in the dark had broad shoulders, and his head appeared to be sitting on its shoulders, with no visible neck, like an upside-down letter U, which tapered to its body like a robin. It came within about six feet of Bob and Alan, and just stood there. Bosworth, to see if it was a person, said aloud, that he was going to shoot the creature. He put his hand in his coat as if to reach for something, but the figure remained motionless and silent. Eventually, the creature slowly turned his body toward the decaying metal grate catwalks within the power plant and began walking along them. Bosworth shouted out to the figure, still unsure if it was a person, saying not to go on the catwalks because they were dangerous and led outside to a multiple-story drop. 
They then heard something that sounded like wings, which he speculated might have been a sound from the coats that they had on. Frightened, the two men took off and left on Alan's motorcycle. Bob said it didn't make sense for this to have been a person because it would have been difficult to climb onto the old roof and to have so quickly gotten down to stand there in the shadows. On a late fall evening in November 1966, at about 11 p.m., after seeing a movie in Ohio, Faye DeWitt's 16-year-old brother, Carlisle, who went by the nickname Topper, drove Faye and her younger siblings in his green 59 Ford truck to the TNT area. He reportedly took them there to prove that the creature they'd heard about from the kids at school didn't exist. Faye DeWitt was about 14 at the time and was accompanied by her younger sister, Betty, and her younger brothers, Ray and Jack. As they drove at about 50 miles per hour, Faye turned to see something running beside the truck. It had a human-like head and was covered in feathers with large ruby red eyes that took up most of its face. The creature was described as over 5 feet tall and whitish and tan in color. Her older brother, Topper, drove around a sharp turn in an attempt to try to lose the creature, but it kept up with them and continued to follow. In a panic, Faye's younger siblings were hiding by ducking down in the floor of the truck with Betty huddled over Ray and Jack. Topper went around another sharp turn and stopped his car sideways in the road by the abandoned North Power Plant. Faye said the creature got on the roof of the truck and looked down at them through the windshield. It then stood up and jumped down off the vehicle and ran toward the power plant. The creature then jumped up to the top of the old three-story high power plant and crouched like a gargoyle. Faye's brother got out and began throwing rocks and pieces of coal at the creature. When he threw a larger chunk of coal that landed by its foot, the creature stood up, turned sideways to look at him, and jumped down from the roof. Topper rushed back to the vehicle and closed the door. The creature spread out a pair of five to six feet wings and flew off into the darkness. Faye's brother then drove to the Mason County Courthouse and told the deputy what happened. On December 4th, 1966, at 3 p.m., five pilots in the Gallipolis, Ohio airport saw a very large bird gliding about 600 feet in the air over the river. The bird was said to be flying at about 70 miles per hour, and the men at first thought it was an airplane. Witnesses were Everett Wedge from Point Pleasant, Henry Upton from Leon, West Virginia, as well as Ernie Thompson, Leo Edwards, and Ernie Atkins of Gallipolis, Ohio. The bird supposedly had wide wings and a long neck. It flew without flapping and turned its head from side to side as if to look around. Pilot Everett Wedge got in his plane with a camera to film the bird, but it had flown farther down the river and disappeared from sight. On December 6, 1966, a mailman saw a very large bird-like creature flying in Maysville, Kentucky. Also on December 6, in Mason County, West Virginia, near the TNT area, two adults saw a huge man-like gray figure with glowing red eyes. 
on December 7th, four women saw a man-shaped flying creature with glowing red eyes, brownish and silver in coloration. Also on December 7th, author John Keel arrived in Point Pleasant after talking to Deputy Millard Hillstead at the Mason County Courthouse. He met with Mabel McDaniel, who was the mother of Mothman Witness in Scarberry. Mabel made several phone calls and assembled the witnesses for Kill to talk to. This included Linda and Roger Scarberry, Steve and Mary Mallett, as well as Connie Carpenter and her aunt Mary Hire, who was a local reporter. After recording statements from the witnesses with a tape recorder at about 9 p.m., Kill and the group decided to go to the sighting location at the TNT area. The group at this time consisted of John Kill, Mary Hire, the Scarberry, and Mallets. Mabel McDaniel, Connie Carpenter, and her boyfriend, Keith Aker. The group went through the old gate at the abandoned North Power Plant and looked around by view of Kill's six-cell flashlight. Kill, Connie, and Keith went into the building. Kill climbed the steel ladders and walked along the catwalks. After not finding anything, the trio went for the exit. As they were leaving, Connie suddenly saw two large red glowing eyes by the back wall and screamed. Connie and Keith left the building in a panic, but Kill went back in, shining his flashlight around and searching for something that could have made the red lights she saw. Again, he found nothing. When Kill walked out of the North Power Plant, he saw a deputy, Alva Sullivan, had joined the group. Mary Hire told Kill that they had seen a tall running figure and asked if it was him, but he told her that he had been in the building the whole time. Mabel McDaniel added that while Kill was in the building, they had heard a large, hollow metallic sound, like something metal had fallen. The group, except for Kill, said they all heard this. Mary Mallet's ear also began bleeding seemingly without reason. The group drove back to the McDaniel residence, and Mary Mallet's ear eventually stopped bleeding. Kill returned to the TNT area alone at about midnight, and there he found what was described as a zone of fear. It was a spot in the road that was mysteriously fear-inducing each time he passed it, yet he couldn't figure out why. On December 8, 1966, two women saw a shadowy figure upon the hilltop with glowing red eyes on Route 35 in West Virginia. On December 11th, a man and a male child saw a man-shaped gray figure which quickly flew overhead at the TNT area. Also on December 11th, Catherine Beaver saw a very large gray creature with glowing red eyes fly past her car. And she was also on Route 35 in West Virginia. Sometime in December of 1966, a month after Scarberry's initial Mothman sighting, the witnesses had moved in with Linda's parents. The McDaniels lived on 13th Street in Point Pleasant. Linda Scarberry reportedly looked out the window and saw the creature. It was sitting on the roof of the house, which slanted down from the upstairs bedroom window. 
creature's wings were folded around itself, as if to keep warm in the cold weather. Its head was tilted sideways, and it was looking curiously through the window. Linda said by then she viewed the creature as lonely, and thought it didn't want to hurt anyone, but it just wanted to communicate. Sometime in 1966, it's unsure when, Loretta Fay Campbell saw something flying and moving in the sky, which then sank into the trees in Point Pleasant. On January 11th, 1967, at about 5 p.m., Abel McDaniel was walking near Tiny's Diner in Point Pleasant when she saw a large brown creature with a 10-feet wingspan flying over Route 62. At first, she thought it was an airplane, but flying very low. The creature had men's legs hanging down from it. She didn't see a head or a neck. It glided silently without flapping its wings, it circled the restaurant, and then flew away. Abel McDaniel was also the mother of Wolfman witness Linda Scarberry. On the night of March 5th, 1967, 21-year-old Bo Scherzer and a young female nurse were traveling along Route 2 along the Ohio River toward Huntington, West Virginia in a Red Cross blood van. A large glowing white object reportedly rose up slowly from a nearby wooded hill and hovered a few feet over their vehicle as they drove. Scherzer rolled down his window and looked up to see two arm-like extensions reaching down from the luminous object on either side of the vehicle. Claw-like appendages were supposedly trying to grab the blood van. Scherzer accelerated, but the UFO was easily able to keep up with him. Traffic suddenly approached from the opposite direction when the headlights from the other cars neared the object, the arms retracted and it flew away. Two workers then went to the police. Sighting was mentioned briefly on the radio that night, but wasn't reported in the newspapers. On March 12, 1967, at about 11.30 p.m., an adult woman and her 20-year-old daughter were returning home from church. When they turned a corner in a wooded area, of Latarte Falls, Ohio, they reportedly saw a large white being with long hair and a 10 feet wingspan which passed directly in front of the car. The being then flew straight up out of sight. The witnesses considered that they saw an angel or even Jesus. On May 19, 1967, at about 10.30 p.m. while driving past the TNT area, on Route 62, Brenda Stone and another woman reportedly witnessed what looked like a winged creature fly up to meet a UFO. The women claimed that they had seen a shadowy form with bright red lights like glowing eyes on the top of a tree near the road. The large hovering red light, which looked to be a luminous object, then appeared and approached the tree. The shadowy figure rose up toward the red glowing object and vanished. The flying object then flew out of sight to the north. On the afternoon of November 2nd, 1967, Virginia Thomas was in the kitchen of her house within the TNT area when she heard a loud squeaking sound. She said it's similar to be that of a bad fan belt. 
Virginia stepped out on her porch and saw a large shadow across the grass and a tall gray man-shaped figure moving quickly among the TNT area igloos. The figure walked upright like a man, but was much larger. It moved very fast in a gliding motion. It then disappeared into some nearby trees. After the sighting, Mrs. Thomas had several nightmares, one of which featured strange people along the river and an invasion of some sort coming over the silver bridge in trucks and going into the TNT area. In the dream, the Thomases grabbed the kids and ran. She wasn't sure what the dream meant. Virginia Thomas was also the sister of reported Mothman witness Marcella Bennett. In November of 1967, four male hunters encountered a large gray figure with red eyes in Chief Cornstalk Park in Point Pleasant. They were so frightened that they didn't think to use their rifles until after it was gone. And then at some unknown date, an elderly businessman in Point Pleasant claimed that when walking outside to see why his dog was barking, he saw a six to seven foot tall gray figure with flaming red eyes on his front lawn. He stood there staring at it for several minutes before the creature suddenly flew away. On December 15, 1967, the Silver Bridge collapsed in Point Pleasant under the weight of rush hour traffic, resulting in the deaths of 46 people. After the bridge collapsed, there wasn't a whole lot of Sightings of the Mothman in Point Pleasant started kind of venturing out into other locations. We'll be discussing some of those Mothman sightings that occurred after the bridge fell on another episode of A Month of Mothman. During this whole 1966 and 1967 time frame, there was all kinds of sightings of the Mothman, but there were even more sightings of UFOs in the area. We'll be talking about the UFO sightings surrounding Point Pleasant in that time period. But next week, we'll be talking about another weird occurrence that was going on around Point Pleasant during that time period, and that was uh, Men in Black. Thanks for listening to the show. If you've had a strange encounter of any kind, and you'd like to be a guest on the show, send an email to endourplacespod at hotmail.com. God bless you guys. We'll see you again next week.